What's going on, Steelers Nation Radio? Good afternoon and welcome to the campus of St. Vincent College here. It's the Steelers Blitz on SNR. You've got Wesley Euler and Arthur Motes for the next two hours. And you already know the drill. We've got a decade of NFL experience and a really good head of hair between the two of us on this program. You should know that by now. You should also know if you want to get involved, we'll take your questions, your comments, your concerns, and your reactions on Twitter or the artist formerly known as Twitter or X or whatever we're deciding to call it today and this week and this month at Wesley Euler at Body 52 Body. That's where you can find us and get involved. Arthur Motes, how we doing? How we feeling? Man, I'm feeling good, man. Shoot, the guys went out there and hit yesterday, and my body feels great today. So yes, <laughs> yes, that's 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 the recipe for success in the Moats household, baby. But what say you on your end, man? Well, you know, it's 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 funny because you're right. I mean, most people don't think of, particularly former players like yourselves, uh, don't think of this as a relaxing environment, right? I'm mm, putting that I'm putting that lightly. Not at all. You know what? I, I'm kind of enjoying it, Motsi, because as you know, as most of the audience knows, I have two young daughters. When that is the case, uh, sleep is not always at a premium. And I tell you what, though, here there's nobody waking me up at 1 in the morning. There's nobody waking me up at 5 a.m. There's no one crying in the middle of the night or anything like that. It's, uh, it's quite peaceful. It's t- quite tranquil in the evenings, if you will. No, man, I'm glad that you experienced that, man. I just think of, you know, the guys that – also have that but now they got to go out there and hear coach tomlin in their ear every day i'm like oh that's why dudes be retiring i'm getting it i I've, I've caught on to the memo shout out to monty he was ahead of the game he he figured it out early on he's like you know what man i can make this thing as smooth as i need it to be i just gotta go ahead and retire man i like it i like it man so yeah you living that retired life the way i'm living that retired life that's why we feel good today the mother dudes, right. mm, the mother dudes that got to walk down there today. Oh, 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 oh! Yeah, they're not feeling about, so good. Talk about that for a minute. What's like? What's the vibe like? You know, you you do you. Most of the guys in that in that locker room, they anticipate the first day of pads. They're excited about it. You're jacked up. You go out there in the heat. You have a, a long physical practice, right? What are, what are the vibes like today? They still chomping at the bit. They nursing those injuries a little bit. What's uh What's the conversations that are going on? Uh, in that in that locker room is there about you know 30 40 minutes here from taking the field now trust me man everybody always is anticipating coming out to practice now we're not saying that that anticipation is with excitement some <laughs> people anticipate it with dread with regret and they second guess it but you're always anticipating because you know this is the big thing when you come to training camp, padded practices for the Pittsburgh Steelers, but more importantly, live padded practices, that's something that you just can't get away from. It's one of the big reasons why I still struggle to go out there because I even think about that stuff, you know? So with that being the case, man, the dudes, they got to understand that we got to go to work today. Yeah, you're a little sore. Yeah, you might have an extra bump here or there, a little scrape from, you know, all that popping that was going place yesterday. But the beauty of the NFL is you have to be able to do it again and again and again. And we're going to see the guys are going to come out there and repeat process. Now, for the majority of the dudes, you're still feeling really, really, really good. This time next week, different conversation. But right now, they should be still on the up and up. Yeah, I, I think you're right. You're you after these six long days here. You're certainly it's probably a different conversation, but at this point, still looking up, without a doubt. Uh, what do you? What should we expect then today, Mozi? Because like I said, you know, yesterday it's the first padded practice. It was a physical. Oh one. oh oh! You, you ready? Are you ready? Same um, thing. 
cloudy with a chance of that thigh yow out there today <laughs> um expect some 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 extra pads popping we're okay. gonna get a little 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 soup you know of popping we're gonna sure. get a little uh, uh a little extra appetizer of pads popping we're gonna get the main course of tackling and then we're probably gonna get a little bit more popping as our dessert you know so yeah yeah you're, so you're no gonna get foot, a ton no of that foot man. off the gas on day two Not because day one was a tough practice absolutely and what coach Tomlin is always trying to accomplish during training camps is he wants to get your body hardened he wants to get your body calloused sure. for the football season and the only way to do that is to take you, you know, to the deep end, so to speak, physically and mentally. He always uh, brought up this analogy, and I always loved him for this because of my, you know, affinity for the UFC. But he talked about how training camp, he wants it to be like an MMA fighter getting ready for a championship fight. He said, man, them dudes beat the heck out of each other in camp to the point where they're bloodied up. They might have been injured once or twice. And they really have pushed themselves to the point of exhaustion, to the point where you're questioning, man, can I even survive this? But because they went that far, now when it's time to actually fight, they're already hard in their skin. That first punch in that fight doesn't feel as shocking as that first punch you had in training camp. And for Coach Tomlin, he always wants us as football players to feel similar. So he wants these dudes to get as physically tired as mentally tired as you can get during this time of year because the stakes aren't as high you can have a mistake out there right now we can coach it up and correct it it's not a win or a loss it's not going to be a permanent mark on your stat sheet whereas come season time we don't get that luxury when you're getting evaluated when you're getting tested it's pass or fail and you just don't want them dudes to be having to learn that on the back end you want them to be going through that stuff now as a coach you want to know which players i can push all the way there and they're going to actually you know bite down in that mouthpiece and fight back and which guys if we push them too far they're going to you know cut tail and run that's what you're trying to figure out right now but you can't get that accomplished if you don't take these guys out of their comfort zone if you don't push these guys to their mental and physical limits you know so to speak Makes a lot of sense. I'm picking up what you're putting down. And, uh, th I mean, this is really the week to do that, right? Because this is kind of the last uninterrupted week. You've got six straight days of practice, Friday night lights, everything that comes with that, and the quick turnaround on Saturday. Because next week, Motsi, you got to travel. You're playing a preseason game, then you're traveling back. And then camp is kind of, you know, um, off and on. Like you're here oh, for a couple you're days, doing the you're fan thing. Game. I got you. No, 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 you're doing the fan thing. That, that's cool. You know, for, no, for but the I fans, mean, like, this, yes. is, this is the six-day stretch here to really get no, after no, it, No, no, right? no, but, but let me explain it, though. So this is what I mean by the fan thing versus, like, the actual, like, the player thing, right? For fans and media, leaving Latrobe is the end of training camp. You were already alluding to that. <laughs> that's a fan thing. That's a media thing. Oh, you guys got games next week. That's going to change your preparation. That's going to change the practice format. That's a fan thing. That's a media thing. <laughs> Coach Tomlin does not care about a preseason game. You will be out there playing tackle football the day before your preseason game. You might even have a practice the morning of your preseason game. They do not care here in Pittsburgh about preseason football. And that's what I'm trying to explain, man, in the sense of, yes, on paper, the schedule is, oh, you got a game, so you're going to have a travel day. That's got to mean something. It means absolutely nothing in <laughs> Pittsburgh. Absolutely nothing. 
Coach T will have you practicing in the hotel ballroom before he lets it feel like it's chilled out. Like, that's just the reality of it. The only thing that you like as the benefit of traveling is I get to sleep in the hotel versus having to sleep in the dorm. Because if it's a home game, he might even have you stay in late trove that night and sure, then drive sure. to the city the day of. Once again, they do not care about preseason games in Pittsburgh, man. He's going to look at this as evaluation periods. How can I get these guys better? What could I do to potentially inconvenience them? What could I do to push them to a point where they might question something just so I can get that look now? versus it being in season and we've talked about how not everybody or not every organization operates preseason the same i mean heck we remember when it was four preseason games the third preseason game was always so important right, <laughs> right, right. teams with game plan That's for the man you playing yeah. your starters and all this man we would literally practice tackle football the day of or the day before that game go out there with the most vanilla play sheet and coach sound be like bro i'm not game planning for no preseason game go out there and make a call and we're like coach these teams is over here, motion in the empty, change of strength, all this other stuff. Like, we need some checks. He's like, no, play it as is. It's preseason. I just want to see you play football. That's preseason for the Pittsburgh Steelers, baby. So, yeah, as much as I would love to, to you know, go down that way with you, man, it's just like I just know they don't care about it like that, man, with them games coming up. <clears throat> they still going to be out there practicing. They still going to be popping pads, man. But that's why we are as good as we are as well, though. Sure. So it's pros and cons to it, but yeah, man, like, yeah, I'm scarred here. You can tell that. You see, you see the passion. I'm scarred, bro. Because other places, it is like that. Other places, you're like, yo, I'm leaving training camp. This is great. Sure. It's done. Oh, we got a game this week. Oh, this is great. It's gonna be easy. Not here in Pittsburgh, man. <laughs> Shoot, not man. Under, I just seen dudes. Mike Tomlin's watch. Dude, dudes, they got into full fist fights day of game because we out here practicing and you going too hard at pads and we got a game that night, bro. Like. <laughs> it's real, man. It is real. <laughs> no, it absolutely is. And, and and you're right. I mean, that's that's the tone that Mike Tomlin likes to set. Uh, his, mm-hmm. his training camps are physical. Um, part of that is, you know, to test these guys. Like you mentioned, part of it is getting their bodies ready for what is a grind of a season. Now, 17 regular season games. You got to get your body ready for that. And, you know, again, we, we said this yesterday. First time in six months that, that you've hit people, you know, that. That there's some some ramp up period that's needed there for that certainly, um, and I you know I enjoyed like we in the uh, in the noon hour Motsi played some Keon O'Neill sound from yesterday, and I always like hearing from the guys and you were one of these as well too, who like aren't drafted by the Steelers right they start their NFL career somewhere else. And then they come here and they see training camp in this setting and how Mike Tomlin does things. And I always just like Keanu Neal was talking about that. I always love hearing guys talk. Yeah, this is different out here. You know, it's it's more physical. It's uh, you know, you're on campus in front of thousands of fans and there's you know, you got to kind of learn the lay of the land and where the dorms at and where the cafeteria is at and where the locker rooms at. And you're not going home to your family every night. You're spending time with your teammates. I, uh, I always like hearing from those guys like Keanu Neal, like yourself as well, too, who have the, the full gambit of what might be, I'm using air quotes here, a normal NFL training camp versus, <laughs> versus how the Steelers and Mike Tomlin do things here. Hey, I'm about to say yes, because this is anything but normal here, man, which is the, like I said, it's the gift and the curse, right? Yeah. Because think about how many times we've talked about early on in the season, the Steelers might be starting off slow or we're dealing with some injuries coming out of camp, you know, that first quarter of the season. It's real. Like, we would talk about it and complain about it at times. Like, Coach, when we kind of going into the start of the season, banged up. But then by the time, you know, November, December hit, you're so hardened. 
you feel so like good in the sense of like man i'm numb to everything right now right and Foot, football good yeah 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 but it's one of the things where it's like you would get into these stadiums and you're watching some of these other teams and you could tell they don't feel the same way that we felt and that's when coach t would come back and he would remind us you remember what we did what we were doing in Latro? you remember when we went as hard as we did this is why and you would reap the benefits of that you would understand it 100 percent. you never felt like you were uh, gonna get out physical or anything like that and that's, you know, when you're talking about winning in the NFL, you got to be able to do all of that. And Coach T, like, I just think that even though I don't always agree with his method, <laughs> I do feel like he has a successful <laughs> method in place. Yes, he does. Indeed. Indeed. Uh, quite a resume for him so far and a lot, I think, uh, still on that bone. A lot of meat still on that bone mm -hmm. in terms of his coaching career. Uh, as we are, what, about 40 minutes away from a uh, another Mike Tomlin training camp hey now. practice hey now. out here uh, at Chucknell Field, where right now, Motsi, the youth football camp is over. They're walking over to uh, to form the tunnel down Autograph Hill, and that's when, uh, that's, when, that's when things really start to pick up. That's when you know it's about to get real out here is when the youth football team is done on the far side field and they walk over to make a, uh, a tunnel down there. It's another busy day on campus, Hey, look, Motsi. at the funny thing, though, man. I always would feel kind of guilty when we uh -oh. come down because those kids be so excited. So excited. And we're just like, oh, my God, do you know what you got to go down here and do? Doesn't, <laughs> it, doesn't it help, though, seeing the little smiling faces before you know no, you're about no, to get beat it, up it, for it two does. hours? <laughs> to, to an extent, it would. But it's one of them things where you're just like, dude, you know what I'm about to go walk into. That's like, hey, man, you're about to walk into the dove chamber here. But, hey, we got these kids here. They here, high, high five, five you smile. High five, like, high five a bunch uh, of youth football kids. <laughs> yeah, you talk about, is that going to really make you feel that much better before you go into the dove chamber? Probably not. <laughs> you just got to put on your happy face for 90 yes. seconds while you're walking down the hill there. <laughs> but literally, man, that's all I'd be thinking about when I saw them kids, man. you like, yo, they are so excited. They're on cloud nine. Oh, and we're just it. like. All right, don't crush them, don't crush them. But yeah. man, do you know what is behind you guys? Yeah, right. Once we you guys get through gapping you, do you know what that is over there? Like, ah. Oh, without a doubt, it is an interesting <laughs> dynamic. You got to smile and wave right before going and uh, breaking somebody's yes, face indeed. mask. Only in, the, only in the National Football League, baby. Uh, real quick, before we go to break, you'll like this story. So, you know, there's always the the kids and everybody looking for autographs and, and pictures and everything up the autograph hill after practice as well, too, right? So yeah. yesterday practice ended uh, like around 4 o'clock, and uh, I was down on the field with Max and Wolf, and, you know, we're hanging out to hear what Mike Tomlin has to say and some of the guys post-practice. But then we go to walk up to the cafeteria to have ourselves a, uh, an early dinner, you know, around probably 4.40. And uh, okay, I'm, walking, okay. I'm walking up there with Max and Wolf, right? And, uh, like, one kid asked for a high five from me, okay? Let's and then it go. started Let's it started, it started like a chain reaction where the kids the whole way up the hill wanted high fives from me, all right? And it was just for me because at this point, Max and Wolf were way behind me, all right? So I and, wasn't and just – let's be real, Wes. Once you commit, you're committed. That's the thing, Once too. Once you dab up the first couple of hands, you're yeah. like, okay, he's committed to this hand dab thing. 
And, you got to really lock in. You mm-hmm. know, they see, you know, children see, children do, and one of them's getting high fives. Well, they want to. So it starts a whole chain reaction. Because you can't miss right? out on the fun. You know that. Can't miss out I'm, on the fun. I'm giving high fives as I'm going up the hill to the kids. And one of them, right as I'm going, right, these two friends, I'm going to high five the first one. And the second one pulls his hand away. <laughs> and I was like, Ooh. oh, man, that was a savage move right there. Uh, you know, I, I thought like I thought he was going to hit me with the, oh, not too too fast but instead he went and got his uh he went and got his buddy a pretty pretty good one there so yeah it's mm. always always fun seeing the fans and, and and all the energy that they bring to this environment not uh, not quite the same crowd as yesterday mozi for the first day of padded practice but still a busy day here on campus without but a think doubt. about it think about it though yesterday was the big day because it was the first day of padded practice it was the first practice off of the weekend today is like that in between you know you got friday night lights coming up this is the buffer day. This is the buffer day. But it's still going to be, a, you know, it's still going to be jammed out there. We ain't going to act like it ain't going to be out there. But, yeah, it's that buffer day for the, for the fans. You know, you got give, give them a little buffer day in there, here and there. A little buffer day here and there. Oh, yeah. You got to do it. You got to do it for the fans one time for the black and gold clad members of Steeler Nation who make their way to uh, St. Vincent College here every single summer. Gotta love it. Big week. Pads are on. Friday Night Lights is a couple days away. First preseason game is next week. We'll continue to paint the picture for you. Uh, talk a little bit about practice yesterday. Get you ready for practice today. We'll also, uh, in this hour, I think around 1.40-ish, we're going to have Brian McFadden join us. Excited B-Mac. to talk to him. Let's go. Yeah, and I, I was thinking about this, Motsi, right? Um, I don't think we've ever had him as one of our Steelers alumni interviews. We have camp, not. Have we? Yeah, we have not had him. So that'll be fun. We, we do enjoy, you know, catching up with, with Charlie Batch and Rocky Blyer and those guys that we have every single year. But Bryant will be exciting as well, too. Uh, new voice, new, uh, you know, new perspectives here on SNR. He obviously does this for a living as well, too. So very excited. to. I say he's in the business, man. He's, he's in, in the, the business. business. So, you know, it, it is funny, Motsi. You and I have these conversations. Like sometimes when we have these Steeler alumni guests on, you have to be a little careful because you don't uh-huh. want to ask them a crazy specific question. You don't know right. how closely they still put them uncomfortable. the team. Yeah, yeah, yeah you, you don't, don't want to You want to ask them about the, you know, the the third tight end or the on the roster or something, and, and they don't like, even know who? who that guy is. Yeah. Right? And you, you catch him in a hard yeah. spot. Uh, I don't think we're going to have to worry about that with Bryant this, uh, this nah, afternoon. Nah, he do this, I, man. B-Mac do this. I think he knows what he's talking about. Excited to talk with him uh, about his expectations for this team, uh, Patrick Peterson, all these different things. We'll do that uh, about 20 minutes or or so from now. So plenty more to get to. You got Motsi and I until 3 o'clock. Dale and Matt, as always, take over with the drive from 3 until 6. Practice about a half an hour away as we'll uh, start to have some Steelers making their way down the hill here very, very soon. On the other side, we'll talk a little bit about practice yesterday. He's Arthur Motes. I'm Wesley Euler, live from St. Vincent College. It's Training Camp 2023. <laughs> This is the Steelers Blitz with Wesley Euler and Arthur Motes on your 24-7 home of the black and gold, SNR. Back on campus here for another day of practice number two in pads, number six overall for your Pittsburgh Steelers. It's a beautiful day here in La Trobe as it has been pretty much every day for camp. Uh, Aside from what, about 45 minutes or so of rain on Saturday, uh, it has been sunny. It has been gorgeous. It has been a, a nice environment to take in some football here for sure. As Arthur Motes, we have our first Pittsburgh Steeler on the field for today's practice. Any hey, guesses? hey, hey, hey. Any, any guesses? Um, 
I'm going to stick with Quan Alexander. I'm going to go with Quan. It's a good guess. That is not Quan. Should... All right, all right. Offense, defense. What we got? Defense. Okay, if it's not Quan, then I'm going to go Cole. And if it's not Cole, then I'm going JPJ. <laughs> it is JPJ. There we go. I'm about to say yep. them the three. Them yep. the three. Those those are the three. We also do have – I mean, shortly after him, Cole Holcomb was out here as well too. He was the did we, second. Did we going to get – we can get Kendrick Green and uh, oh my goodness, who does he usually come down with? Oh, Kendrick's gosh. been coming down with uh, Mason Cole, I believe, for the most part. Yeah, I would say, but I feel like he's always like another one. It's like early in the group. So yeah. Yep. Yep. So but Joey three old defense though, they're the ones, man. <laughs> Joey Porter Jr. gets the gold medal. Uh, Cole Holcomb gets the silver and the oh, bronze. Oh, so I had two of them. Let's go. Let's the go. bronze goes to uh, Ryan McCollum. The, uh, the second-year oh, center out of okay. Texas A&M uh, just beating Mason Cole, who is now walking down here I like uh, it. as the I like fourth it. Pittsburgh Steeler getting ready for that practice was fun. I like that right there, well, man. Yeah, that'll, that'll have to be a new uh, new daily tradition that we have mm. here. Or we'll have uh, have you guess who the who the first guys out here for practice. Ryan McCollum getting some, uh, some extra work and snapping in with one of the Steelers' trainers right now. Um, while Mason Cole is down in the near side end zone, stretching, warming up, tossing the football around to himself in the air. You got to love it. Offense on the near side, defense on the far side. Mozi, uh, another thing that we talked about too was the field conditions here. And I got to tell you, uh, so far, still immaculate. You know, there hasn't been one of those real muddy practices that kind of tear everything up. You, you could see a little wear and tear between the hash marks, but other than that, it's still looking like Tiger Woods' backyard out here. There it is. That's what you love to see, baby. And that's what you love to hear. But more importantly, man, I just love the fact that the way that grass looks right now, it makes all of the highlight plays that have been circulating on social media <laughs> look that much better. Like, you imagine, like, if, if you see a crazy catch and it's like, man, they playing on, like, a dirt field in the background. They don't hit the same. It's you know, but, but when you look at how beautiful and pristine the fields are and and the crowds you know so shout out to the people in the stands as well it just makes every moment that we see every highlight that we see just that much better to me man i completely agree and speaking of which i gotta get your take i know you saw it it's been everywhere the uh the i George mean we were Pickens. talking about it when it happened remember we were we were yeah. um what like the the thing that i enjoy about that is there's always one or two of those moments from practice right that get uh, recorded by someone who's here. They get shared on Twitter. They end up blowing up. There's all different kinds of conversation about it. And, of course, that, that GP one-handed snag was it yesterday. What you don't hear as much, though, Motsi, is the follow-up, right? And what I mean by that is everyone sees that highlight. Everyone thinks, ah, oh, well, you know, hey, there's, there's a, a, a rookie learning moment for, for Joey Porter Jr., right, and a tough one-on-one -on -one situation like that. Uh, a few plays later, Arthur Motes, maybe not a few, but not too much longer, maybe 15 minutes, 20 minutes after that, uh, Joey Porter Jr. coming back with a really nice interception on the other side of the field uh, during the team portion of practice. How so, do you respond, baby? How do you respond? Absolutely, and, and that's what I wanted to highlight is because, again, everyone sees that one highlight, that one clip, that one rep on Twitter, and it's everywhere on Instagram and social media and, you know, some of the morning show, you know, Good Morning Football and some of those types of things playing the highlight uh, as well too. 
but that's that's what you love to see. You have the the, the moment for a rookie, right, where you're you're going up against a, a guy who has all the tools to be one of the best wide receivers in the NFL. It doesn't go your way. You learn from that. You stay in the game. You stay locked in mentally. 15, 20 minutes later, you make a really nice interception down the sideline. I loved seeing that that just growth arc for JPJ yesterday. No, without a doubt. And that's the beauty. That's what you need when you're talking about this setting and why this setting is so important and critical to his development and more importantly to this team's development. As a young player, you're going to have adversity in the season. But how do you respond to it? In training camp, it just so happened that for JPJ, he had to experience it with, you know, Pickens making the catch that he did. But even right after the catch happened, the coaching point, you know, post-play, making sure that you don't lose your head regardless of what might have happened, right or wrong. You don't do anything to cost your team yardage. But then to hear that he came back and still was able to make a big-time interception a couple plays later, that's what you want to see. That's what you want to hear. And more importantly for him, it keeps his confidence up. Okay, yeah, guy made a freak show play on you. Great. But you came back and made a play. You know what you are, technique, fundamentals. You know how good you are. And for all the other players around him that are watching him, older and younger, older guys, you're trying to see, man, does this guy handle adversity? Is he going to lose his confidence at the first sign of something negative happening? And then for the younger guys that might be even looking up to him, you know, coming in draft class with him and stuff like that, they're like, dang, if that's the second rounder, realistically, first rounder that just had that happen, how does he respond? Does he put his head down and mope? Nah, he came back and got him a pick. He came back with that big dog energy. So what should I do when I'm faced with adversity? You catch my drift? So that's one of the things that I love about, you know, that setting. And more importantly, you know, hearing, you know, how he was able to respond to that as well. Absolutely. That is that's what you love to see. I mean, from everybody in these settings, right, because no one's going to win 100 percent of their reps or or have success in every single drill. Um, But particularly the young guys, you want to see them having those growth opportunities, those learning moments. Certainly one of those for Joey Porter Jr. Yesterday, it was great, too. After practice, he was down there on the field getting some extra work uh, with Ike Taylor and Patrick Peterson. Uh, going through it with with the young man down there. Uh, his dad was here yesterday. Peasy Senior, hooray! Arthur Muggs was uh, was here as well too. So it was a big day yesterday. Uh, of course, with the first day of of padded practice always being the case. Um, but you loved just that that development arc. I think there from from Joey Porter Jr. The best way to put it. I also thought Motsi Jalen Warren had a, a really strong practice yesterday as well too. Um, we know about the burst that he has, the speed that he has. It seems like he's added a little, you know, I mean, of course he has. He's had time now from that first season into his uh, into his sophomore campaign here to, uh, to you know, hit the weights a little bit, add a little more bulk, a little more mass. I, I don't want to say he looks like a complete different body transformation or anything like that, but just a little bit thicker, you know, Arthur Motes with two C's in there, a little bit thicker. And, uh, yeah. I, I, t- I, t- I tell you what, um, a lot of, like, we, we've seen running backs who come into the league undrafted, unheralded, and have success their rookie season and then don't necessarily continue that progression, right? They kind of maybe slow down a little bit. There's some tape out on them. People figure these things out in this league. Nothing's a secret. And they never really grow on that success um, that you thought they could have after an impressive rookie season. I do not think that's going to be the case for Jalen Warren at all, Motsi. Uh He's fast. He's quick. He's elusive. He's running hard with the football. And he's been an, a, another guy that I've really liked what we've 
seen so far, and again, particularly yesterday when the pads went on as well. No, nah, man, I love to hear that as well, man. Um, you know, with Jalen, we feel like he's talented. I mean, we saw him produce. To me, it's one of those things right now. It's like, how good can you be? Can you be more than what we saw last year? I think you're capable of it. We know you can run the football. We know you can catch. We know you can make guys miss. I love the burst that he plays with. And I do agree. You can see that he's filled out his frame more. But it is not like when we spoke on Najee a year ago where it was like a, a real, like, full body, like, makeover type thing or like an L Bell coming back year one to year two. I just thought that for me, seeing Jalen, he just looks more like full, like he put on a little bit more muscle in a good way. So yes. with that, though, man, I'm excited to see how far he could take this thing this year. It is funny, though, like <laughs> with the current state of the running back situation, you know, just in terms of, like their marketing. We've seen how they've been complaining about it, how it's been a hot topic. As much as I'm excited for Jalen Warren. It's still reserved because I'm like, dang, I know everything that I'm about to praise you for. In two years, we're going to come back and this is going to be used against Najee. (laughs) And that's the part that sucks. So it's like as much as I'm like excited for Jalen and I love hearing Jalen doing what he's supposed to do. I'm just like, yeah, but this is only going to come back to bite Najee or potentially bite Jalen in the butt when it's time for them to potentially get compensated at a higher level, man. But you know, I do love that he's balling out the way that he's doing right now, though. He absolutely is. Arthur Motes, we are uh, going to take a break here because we have got Brian McFadden coming up in just a couple minutes. Let's we'll close, go. We'll close down the first hour with him, get you ready for practice, get all his thoughts on this year's edition of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Wesley Euler, Arthur Motes, it's the Steelers Blitz live from training camp on SNR. This is the Steelers Blitz with Wesley Euler and Arthur Motes on your 24-7 home of the black and gold, SNR. Back on campus, just about 10, 15 minutes away from practice number six, number two in pads here in the month of August. Joining us now, our alumni interview of the day, Bryant McFadden here in the booth with us. Bryant, how you doing? Thanks for taking the time to be here. Oh, man, thanks for the invite. I'm doing great. It's a great day to be out here in Latrobe. It absolutely is, and I, I was telling you earlier, but you got your buddy Arthur Motes back yes. at the studio. I know he's excited to holler at you as well, too. No, without a doubt. I mean, <laughs> we're talking about a two-time Super Bowl champ. I mean, a dude that was balling out in college at Florida State, and he's killing it on the media scene, man. I'm a fan. I'm a big fan, baby. I <laughs> uh, appreciate it, Arthur. Likewise, man, you guys been doing some great things in regards to covering the Steelers and the content you've been putting out. So, man, I'm, I'm excited. I'm ready to go for this show, man. Let's let's go no, ahead and take the seat, go. girl, off, and let's <laughs> rock and roll let's do it let's do it so you know this is funny too because a lot of times when we have these Steelers alumni interviews you don't know how closely they still follow the team and the league and you don't want to maybe catch them off guard on air and ask them a mm-hmm. question that we don't have to worry about that with you because we know you do this for a living you're you're very up to date on yes, everything sir. going on with the league with this team so just maybe expectations to to start here um, a lot of a lot of conversation about this offense growing together. Yeah. The defense being one of the true elite lockdown units in the National Football League. You expect this team to return to the postseason this year to show that growth from from Kenny Pickett's rookie season last year and a young offense in general uh, now to a, a little more veteran unit. Uh, no question. Um, I mean, this is a team that faced a lot of different a lot of different adversities a year ago. Uh, specifically, you know, 
with the quarterback. You know, you had Mitchell Trubisky, and then, of course, you bring in your young rookie sure. and Kenny Pickett. He went through some growing pains, but they found a way to win nine ball games. Uh, so you would think and you expect to see more consistency from your young quarterback in year two, more consistencies uh, throughout the entire team in totality because they've added talent. And then when it boils down to the coach, and Mike Tomlin has never surrendered a losing season. So if you were able to find a way to get nine wins last year with everything that I just hit on that you had to battle and endure, one would think you should be much more ready for those obstacles when they arise. So playoffs, the standard is the standard. That's right. Because I know people always holler about divisional champs and this and that. I just want to get into the tournament because when you get mm-hmm. into the tournament, anything can happen. You just got to get in the dance. You just got to get into the dance. However you get into the dance, I can care less. I can care less. But when you get in, you got a ticket to go ahead and dance. Now, how, how, how long you want to dance is up to you. No, 1,000%, man. And I love that right there. Now, speaking of getting into the dance, man, we know that we brought in some heavy hitters on the defensive side of the ball. But more importantly, in that secondary through free agency and in the draft to ultimately help us, you know, accomplish that. If you could, man, just share your thoughts on some of the new additions. Pat P., Obviously, we know we drafted JPJ and young Corey Trice as well. But what were your thoughts on that group, man, and just some of the new additions that we have right now in the secondary? I love it. I love the mixture of experience along with some of the young talent, as you hit on, uh, Arthur, with JP Jr. in the secondary. Adam, Pat P., you know I mean, that's my family, man, my cousin. Yeah. So I've been, I've been waiting for this moment for a long, long time. Um, you know, you bring him in in regards to the experience, the, line, the, the knowledge, the above-the-shoulder knowledge is something that he has uh, to help guys like Joey uh, Porter Jr. and Corey Trice, even though, you know, he got hurt yesterday, not knowing his, his status just yet. But – that's a plus for those young guys, you know what I mean? And then you talk about some other older guys you brought in, Keanu Neal, who, who's I consider to be like a thumper, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? He, he's mm-hmm. not a guy who's going to give you five or six interceptions, but he's a guy who's going to set the tone. And you yeah. need those type of players. When you're trying to become a physical, dominant, fearful-like unit, he is a guy that can give you that. So I love everything that the con man was able to do in Omar <laughs> Khan, you know what I mean, the way how he was able to get into free agency, hit some big-time uh, players that come into the organization. And what he did in the draft was, was we won the draft. I we agree. won the draft, so we just got to stay healthy, Arthur. That's it. We, if we stay healthy, man, we got a fighting chance. I, I absolutely agree, and, and that's where you want to be this time of year. Health, obviously, a, a big factor in all these conversations. I wanted to ask you about the, the off-ball linebacker, middle linebacker position group as well, too. Uh, the con artist adding Quan Alexander <laughs> yeah, here yeah. just a few days ago as well. Um, they have, as you know, I mean, ever, ever since the just devastating injury of Ryan Shazier, They've turned that position group over mm-hmm. almost every – they've gone up and gotten guys like Devin Bush in the draft. They've traded for a, a Joe Schobert. They've signed a Miles Jack and Mark Barron and John Bostick. I mean, they have left no stone unturned in trying to kind of solve that, you know, that middle of the defense there. Quan Alexander, Cole Holcomb, Landon Roberts, does that feel like the right formula for this defense? I, I, I like it. I like it because you talk about Cole – if you watch what he did while playing for Washington, he stayed around the football. He's a tackling machine. You talk about Roberts, he's going to fill that A-gap. He's going to get there, and he's going to have bad intentions. And then bringing in Alexander, he's a high-energy guy. He plays with a lot of spark. We need that. And anything in regards to the Steelers' defense, if you're a historian in the game, you've been watching Steelers' defense, those two inside backs got to be dogs. They got to be willing to stick it. their face in the fan <laughs> yeah. at any given time. And that's what this organization was built on 
in regards to the foundation. I understand people highlight the edge rushers because they get the sack. Sure, sure. You know what I mean? But the inside backers, man, they got to be some hellified dogs. And we were just trying to figure out who they who that could be over the last few years, especially when we talk about the Shazar injury and yeah, things like that, yeah. because he was headed in that direction. Oh, absolutely. And then the unthinkable happened, and since then we've been trying, we've been trying. So I love what, what, what they've done in regards to adding talent to that position and adding guys that fit the characteristics, traits that we've, that we've grown accustomed of seeing in years past when you play the inside backer. Now, as much as I would love to just stay on our defensive side of the ball <laughs> – we do got to talk about one of them unicorns on the other side of the field right now. I don't know if you've seen the highlights, but if you've been on social media, you can't miss them, right? <laughs> yes, Talking sir. George Pickens, man. Just talk about, man, some of the stuff that you've seen from him. And where do you think he can actually ascend to this season? Oh, my goodness, man. I think George Pickens can easily be a top six wide receiver in the National Football League. I, I really believe so. He has a talent. And most importantly, outside of the talent, he has the mentality that mm-hmm. you cannot mm-hmm. cover me. You will not cover me. And it was funny. I was talking to Pat P earlier today about George Pickens because Pat has seen a lot of great yes, wide he receivers. Yes, hey, he has. the last few years with, he's played with one. He's played with Justin, Come on now. Justin Jefferson, Maybe the best right? one in the league. Yeah, right now. And I said, what, what are your thoughts on 14? He's like, the real deal. He's like, his trajectory is going into that area where a lot of, a lot of wide receivers don't go. And he was like, he has an unorthodox style of route running, which he does. It's not the, the, the normal formula we see from wide receivers when they try to create separation. And I was like, Pat P, who do you – it's kind of like Justin Jefferson, but it's not. And he's like, no, nah, it's not. So we were trying to – he was like, maybe Stevie Johnson. Okay. Not off the release, Ooh, but how his body shout control out to Stevie. is. Okay. And I, and, and I mentioned this to Mike T as well earlier. I was like, man, when I look at George Pickens, the way he controls his body reminds me a little bit of Chad Johnson. Like when he leaves his feet to go get that ball, yeah. oh, he's going to get it. Yeah. Control yes, and yeah, yeah. And he controls his body in a way that most people can't do, and his catch radius is so spectacular as well. Yeah. So, in regards to your question, Arthur, man, my expectations for for George, I can easily see him be a top five, top six receiver. Number one, staying healthy and just continuing to build on that relationship with his quarterback and George Pickens. I mean, Kenny Pickett. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> it is easy to confuse those. Yeah. Certainly. Um, staying with the offense, then, you know. Omar Khan said at the start of camp, it's a big man's league and you got to have them. Yeah. And I think really, you know, through his tenure so far, that could honestly be the theme. I mean, they've really revamped this offensive line. They've added a bunch around Cam Hayward on that defensive line as well, too. We know Andy Weidel is now in the fold for the Steelers, what he built in Philadelphia in the mm-hmm. trenches that's led them to, to so much success. We have a lot of reasons, I think, for optimism with the offense going forward. Just talking about Kenny Pickett and George Pickens, two of them there. But, man, it, it really feels like if that offensive line takes a step forward, then they'll really be cooking with fire. I'll say this, guys, on paper, this might be the best offensive line unit we've seen in the last five-plus years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, absolutely. you look at – Since the, the Lev Bell days. Yes. Yeah. The yeah, guys, they've seriously. added the mentality in which they have displayed throughout their professional career, the talent – I mean, we got some guys who don't mind getting in a bar fight. And in the trenches, Arthur, you know about this. You got guys who don't mind mm-hmm. fighting for no reason. Mm-hmm. They just want to fight. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's fun. That's where games are won yeah. and lost. In the trenches, you look at the two Super Bowl teams from a year ago. I understand you want to highlight Jalen Hurts and Pat Mahomes. But both teams so were dominant in the, in the trenches on both sides of the football. Yep. Both teams defensively were one and two in sacks. Right? Philly was number one. Kansas City was number two. 
both teams ran the football extremely well. And we know about Philly because that was their DNA. But if you look at Kansas City, Same thing. they still ran the ball effectively. Yep. You know what I mean? So if you can find a way to win the battle in the trenches, you're going to win a lot of ball games. And I think we're, that's what we're getting back to based on what they did to add talent and just fit the culture that we've grown accustomed to seeing in years past in our glory days with the Pittsburgh Steelers. So this offensive line unit, man, I think they have more than enough talent. You just got to stay healthy. But I'm excited, man. I, I think it's going to be a fun mm. ride. Nah, I like to hear that right there, man. And now you said something about the glory days, man. We know you're a part of two Super Bowl winning teams, man. <laughs> if you could, though, we know that those seasons had to start somewhere in for the Pittsburgh Steelers, we always come out here to lay trove, right? So yep. if you could just talk about with both of those teams, man, when you won Super Bowls, what was that training camp like for you guys, man, in terms of the com uh, the competitiveness and ultimately the camaraderie that you guys had as well? Oh, man, it was – so my first one was my rookie year, and I was just trying to learn how to be a professional. So I did a lot of watching on off the football field. But for our listeners that are tuning in, if you go back in 04, the Pittsburgh Steelers were one of the best teams in the National Football League. But they didn't get a chance to compete for a championship because of the New England Patriots. I know you might want to throw out Spygate, whatever the case may be. Yep, yep. But, of course, we know how that ended. Now, going into 2005, the Pittsburgh Steelers had revenge on their mind. They felt like they needed to complete what they were not able to complete the year before. So we came to this training camp. They were pissed off. I just became pissed off because I was a part of the team. I didn't know exactly why they were pissed off. I'm like, hey, if you guys are pissed off, I should be pissed off too. We're all pissed. It yeah, makes it sense. Is, it is. Right? So that training camp was about, man, finishing what we were not able to finish last year. And they, the nucleus that we were able to build was a thing of beauty. And, of course, we went through our growing pains, the adversity. We lost like four or five straight throughout that course of the year. But we found a way to get into the tournament. That's why I emphasize Got just find a way to get into the tournament because anything can happen, and we saw how that season ended. Now, in 2008, we knew we were special. <laughs> we had a playoff team in 07. We had an early exit. We was like, man, we were the reason why we didn't advance. So in 2008, mm. we knew our team was special because we had depth. Oh, my goodness, we were loaded. Every area of our team on both sides of football, we had key contributors that if this guy go down – we, we're not going to miss a beat. And I remember Mike Tomlin used to always tell us, if something happened to one of our teammates, the answer to whatever presented that question is in the building. We don't look mm. outside. Mm. Mm -mm. We feel like we're Amen. good enough. If somebody go down, the answer to who, his injury is right here in the building. And we live by that, and, 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 we, and we continue to have to exercise that method. And, you know, we find a way to get into the tournament. And, you know, Make the rest happen. was history. No question. <laughs> uh, last one I've got for you. Got to ask you, speaking of those teams that you were a part of, uh, two of your former teammates, James Harrison, Aaron Smith, getting inducted into the Steelers Hall of Honor over the past weekend. Just what it was like to share a locker room, be teammates, oh. get to know those those two guys. Man, big A, man. Aaron Smith is my – I think he might be one of the more underrated Steeler greats Absolutely. Ever. Absolutely. The thing that he did for us – the, it doesn't get talked about enough because he didn't get a lot of numbers. He didn't get a lot of sacks. But he paved the way for some of the beasts that played around him and behind him to do what they were called to do. And he did so, you know, in a selfless way. James Harrison Debo, you talk about a man that's faced adversity in his professional career, being cut, I think, five times. Four or mm -hmm. five, yeah. I mean, he played in NFL Europe at one yeah. point. Yeah, the three teams in our division all cut him. Yep. <laughs> all cut him. <laughs> 
you know, he had to walk on at Kent State as well, too. Yes. And he never wavered, man. And when he found his stride and found his niche, man, he didn't look back. So just being a part of those two individuals' career, man, is huge for us, for me, because they were great individuals on and off the football field. They meant a lot to what we did. And I'm happy they're able to get in. And, you know, like I said, Aaron Smith doesn't get talked about enough. He might not get the national recognition that I think he's deserving of seeing. But for us, he meant a lot. And for Debo, you know, I don't think this will be his final stop getting honored to this degree. At some point <laughs> in time, mm-hmm. I think he's going to find a Talk way to get football it. heaven, which is uh, the Hall of Fame there That's in right. That's right. That's <laughs> right. Oh, 1,000%, man. Well, the final one I got for you, B-Mac, is since you are out there at, you know, training camp, beautiful Latrobe, if you have just a favorite training camp memory or moment that you wanted to share, man, for the people out there. Oh, Arthur. So my rookie year, going back to 2005, we get drafted. So every year, first day of training camp in Latrobe, we had a conditioning test. It was 1440s we had to run. 1440s. And for me being a skilled guy, we had to make our time, think, force in the high four sixes. Oh, you running, running. Yeah, for our listeners might be like, oh, that ain't a big deal. But when you were in the 14, 14 of them. So what we would do, yeah, so check this out. What we would do, we would run to the 40, we would run 40 yards, hit the line, and jog back. So you had to be back at the starting point by a certain time because you had to run again. So Uh your rest period was basically how fast you get back to the line to rest. Sure, sure. I trained for that 1440 religiously throughout the offseason. I said, boy, I got to let these boys know. Number one, they drafted the right guy. Number two, I'm ready to rock and roll. So my first 540s, I'm out there. I had my shirt off. I wanted people to see my back muscle. I'm like, man, I've been working out. I'm ready. My first 540s, man, I'm coming in first. I'm like, man, these old heads slow. I'm like, these boys ain't even training. I heard my home, my homeboy, C. Hope, Chris Hope, told us, B. Mac, you better slow down. You're moving too fast. And I said, man, I feel good. <laughs> now, it would have been a great day for me if we only had to run eight. But we had 14 of them things. By the time I got to 10, that gorilla jumped on my back. My, my lower back tightened up on me. My hamstrings were tight. Well, I, I couldn't. They were like, because, of course, you don't want to show that you're bending down because that's the first sign of, oh, no, like, no, you okay, can't you're tired. Yeah, sure. you can't show that. Man, yeah. by the time we got to that 11th one, <sighs> boy, I wasn't coming in first anymore. <laughs> but I was barely getting through before that line, before that, that, that horn kicked off. And I heard Coach Kyle, stand up, stand oh, up. Dude. And I just felt like I was the only one in the field. No one else was out there. It was hot. My feet was burning. By the time I got through the 14th one, I didn't quit. But when I ran through the finish line of the 14th one, they felt like somebody shot me in my back with a shot. <laughs> <laughs> I laid out, man. I stretched out like some bacon on the frying pan, man. They had to come bring the trainers on me. They had ice everywhere. They ran to me like, are you okay? I said, no, I'm not okay. Long story short, I was on the sideline the first three days of practice. That back wasn't right. The hamstring wasn't right. Oh, I said, no. man, that 1440, I didn't know any better. Like my friend, Like I said, I was coming in first. I was literally digging. I felt good, but I didn't know how to handle that experience because I'm the first go around. I sure. wanted to show everybody. Sure. But that yeah. 14th one, man, I, right oh, here in this end zone, right here. Hilarious. I laid out like some bacon <laughs> on the pan. Man. That's a great story. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Brian McFadden, everybody, Steelers legend, two-time Super Bowl champion, all things covered podcast. Thank you so much for, you. Uh, for taking the time, and we hope you enjoy your day here yes, on sir. campus. Thank you for the invite. Practice oh, underway absolutely. here. We will uh, paint the picture for you when we come back for hour number two. Wesley Euler, Arthur Motes. It's the Steelers Blitz on SNR.